Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. This week's guest is Scott. Uh, me and Scott traded emails a long, long time ago, and I was glad to finally get him onto the podcast. Uh, he has a fun story about kind of bouncing off these games and then getting into them and then getting into them hardcore for real to the point where he's got a, quite a few playthroughs through uh, all of the games. And Dark Souls 2 fans, you'll, you'll, you'll love to hear this. His favorite game in the series is Dark Souls 2. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and enjoy the podcast. advertisements for uh, demon souls and i think i was watching a lot of the stuff on uh, GameSpot at the time and just wishing that i could play that i had never seen anything like it i was like this is just crazy like i and i i love i'm a fan of rpgs so it was totally down my alley but it was more on the action side so i remember wanting that but i did not have a uh, PlayStation 3, and I I think at the time, that was when it was... Was it still $600 when that game first came out? I I really don't know. Like, I I remember... I don't remember when the PlayStation 3 came out. It had to be, what, like 2007 or something? 2008, (sighs) something like that? I think its price was still up there when the game came out. Because I remember thinking, like, this... I would drop everything to play this immediately, but there's no way in hell I can afford... (laughs) $600 on this console. So, you know, I just kind of, I just kind of fell by the the wayside. Um, and I never, uh, well, I, I didn't play that one at the time. I think it was, uh, not until the, uh, Dark Souls on Xbox 360. That was the first one I actually played. What kind of, you said you were kind of into RPGs, like what other stuff were you playing around then? Oh, RPG-wise, um, I've always been a fan of uh, a JRPG here and there. I can't handle a lot of them, but every once in a while I'll take a deep dive on one. I remember I got real into uh, Tales of Symphonia on the GameCube. I like that game a lot. I'll play a Tales game every once in a while. I haven't played them for a while, but um, yeah, I've just always been a fan of statistics, I guess nerd (laughs) that's what those tales games like i have i have no first-hand experience of that stuff but like when i see it i'll just see like a sea of numbers and anime that's like all i see and i I know that's dismissive but that's just like from the outside it's a lot of anime (laughs) it's heavy anime for sure well what was it like uh, playing dark souls for the first time like did you get a kind of naturally gravitate on to the controls or did it take you some time to get used to yeah i i think i finally got a an Xbox 360 at some point, and it wasn't even, even at that point, I couldn't buy one. But uh, I had a friend like, yeah, oh, I think I got one laying around in the storage unit somewhere. You can have it. And I'm like, he didn't give a crap at all, and I was like super excited. I'm like, dude, Xbox 360, yeah, give it to me. <laughs> um, but I immediately went out and bought Dark Souls, so I wanted to play that, and I guess. You know, from listening to your podcast, it was fairly typical. Like, I I played it, um, you know, went... Well, first off, thought it looked, you know, absolutely stunning. But uh, just did all the typical stuff, you know, go to the graveyard first and 
just couldn't figure anything out. And I was like, man, this is not, I don't know about this, but I, I did finally make my way up to, uh, uh, the undead Berg there at that first bonfire. And that's when I, I started to like get into it. Like, you know, killing some guys here and there. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I really see the, the RPG aspects. Like I'm getting these souls and I come back to the bonfire and, you know, uh, I can level up now. And it's like, this is awesome. So I can actually kind of grind in this game. Okay. Cause I, I don't mind grinding from time to time. I have fun with it. I'll put on a podcast or listen to something. Uh, but yeah, slowly started to figure out that's not really the kind of game it is, you know, like it's important to level up, but you don't really just stand around grinding unless it's very specific. But, uh, yeah, at that time, I remember I thought it was cool, and I tried to grind, but it, it turned out to not work out so well on those measly, you know, undead there. And I just tried to make that run from that bonfire to the Taurus demon, which I never even saw him. I never got that far so many times <laughs> and was just like, this is not possible. Like, I just, I could not do it. Uh, there's so many guys you have to kill to get from that bonfire to that fight. I mean, I got close to the the tower that you walk out of for that fight, that, you know, three or four times, but I just didn't think I could do it. And uh, that's when I put it down and I, uh, I gave up on Dark Souls at the time. <laughs> So this is going to be a really so. short podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not just forever. Go, just I'll go ahead and do the, the outro now. <laughs> <laughs> no. I have more to talk about. I'm a, um, I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but uh, assuming that you did eventually come back to Dark Souls 1, how satisfying was it to go through that area and just like just slaughter everything like without a thought doing the, like after spending so many hours like banging your head against it? Oh, it, it's, it's fantastic. Because what I actually ended up doing was... Um, I got into, I guess, the marketing train. I, I don't know. The hype for uh, Dark Souls 2 when that was announced. And um, I'm, I'm mainly a PC player. I like to play it on PC. And I just thought, like, I didn't have anything else going on at the time, like any major game I was playing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it this time. Like, I couldn't play Demon Souls. I gave up on Dark Souls. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do Dark Souls 2. I'm going to beat this from start to finish. And uh, I bought that on PC, and that's that's the one that got me into it. Dark Souls 2, believe it or not, uh, the one that everyone likes to you know bag on. I actually think that's it's an amazing game. Um, do you think that that was a, a difference of like mechanics or a story or was it just like a, a better part, a better point in your life where you're like, like, okay, I can approach this game better now. Yeah. It, it might've just been a, a time and a place kind of thing, or maybe I wasn't fully on board before. Uh, Cause you know, I wasn't definitely buying into a little bit, all the stuff that everyone's talking about, you know, dark souls is so hardcore and, so I, I think that may have been with the first one. I was like, oh, maybe I can't do it. Maybe I'm not good enough to beat these games. But uh, Dark Souls 2, no. That one really, I just started playing it. And, you know, 
even the initial release before Scholar. Excuse me, the game looked uh, amazing on PC. Like, it was one of the really great-looking PC games at the time. Um, so that got me into it. Uh, I remember being that. very jealous seeing PC screenshots and playing on the, the 360 because the 360 yeah. version was... Um, I was mean, it, it wasn't not bad, but it wasn't, like, great either. Like, there was some real... Like, it, I think it looked... There were some areas that looked, you know, way better than Dark Souls one, but there were some areas, well, some areas that like looked way worse at the same time. Really? I, see, I never played the uh, console versions of two. I'm only used to the PC, but yeah, it it looked great. Um, I knew when I got to, I had a really hard time because, like, when I started playing at Dark Souls two, was that was, I mean that. For me, that was that point where you finally, you know, there's this tipping point where you really just don't think you'll ever be able to get into these games. And then finally, it's some switch turns and you're like, oh no, this is some sort of a, a puzzle. Like, uh, you're memorizing things. You're starting to figure stuff out. You don't suck as bad as you think you do. You just have to figure things out. And uh, I think the point for me was probably like Forest of Fallen Giants into i was just like this is awesome like there's there's this wall here you can blow up by the bonfire you got a shortcut like what the hell is going on here but i don't have to worry about all this crap off to the side now i can skip right through and um yeah fighting uh i forget uh what's the, the last giant uh the night guy that shows up there on top of the Oh, uh, his name? the pursuer. Yeah, the pursuer. Mm -hmm. Was he? Did he show up on top of that thing in the initial release? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did. Okay. So I, yeah, I remember trying to fight that thing when I was first starting, and like just getting my butt handed to me. But um, yeah, I think I got down to uh, the last giant, and that was that was kind of the boss that, or that was my hurdle to break through on Dark Souls was like, I really didn't think I could make it all the way to him without dying and beat him. But luckily, as it turns out in the Pantheon of bosses there, the last giant's not actually that hard. But, you know, I did beat him eventually. And uh, for whatever reason, at that point, I felt like uh, I kind of caught on and I went through and just, yeah, went all the way through that game. And that's when I was like, all right, if I can do this, I think it's time to check out uh, Dark Souls again, too. <laughs> so I went back to that one. And um, did you? Inter I'm, I'm sorry. Did you interrupt your playthrough to on Dark Souls two to go back to one, or you you just kept going and you finished the game on Dark Souls two? I think I missed something. Oh no! Yeah, I went to the went all the way through it from okay. start to end on two. Can you uh, before we I jump into Dark Souls one, tell me uh, a little bit about like what your what your build was and and things like that. Oh, I think the first time when I was going in, it was just kind of a, since it was technically my first Souls game that I was trying to play without any knowledge, um, or the first one that I beat all the way, my first build was kind of nonsense. It was just strength, and I don't know. I didn't know what I was doing. I just looked kind of like a knight. I don't think I specialized <laughs> in anything particular. 
I'm going to level up uh, to use this weapon, and then I'm going to level up to use that weapon. And uh, oh yeah, I guess I need some health. Let me put some stuff in health, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, basically. And still, at that time, I didn't really completely understand what all the stats did, anyways. Um, but I think, if I remember right, when I first played Dark Souls Two, I got to I don't know. I got three or four levels in and uh, started looking up guides. I can't play games without looking up guides. It sucks. But um, yeah, I found a like a hex build thing, and I went hex, nice. and that was really fun in Dark Souls Two. Yeah, I, I did a I did a hexer in Dark Souls Two. It's, it's so good. <laughs> it does so much damage. Felt like it was cheating, but it was fun. I mean, you still are like fairly squishy. So when you uh, trade off, when you look up guides and things like that, are you just looking up like mechanical stuff, or are you looking up story stuff at the same time? Like, what are you? Are you kind of? Are you listening to podcasts about Dark Souls Two while you're playing Dark Souls Two? Things like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I've listened to every single episode of uh, Bonfireside Chat at least three times each episode. Uh, I think. That might have been what caught me on to Dark Souls 2 and got me on the Souls train, so to speak, uh, was listening to those guys and their discussions. I can't remember how I heard about their podcast, but I started listening to uh, just their in how in-depth they went on uh, each level and just finding that really interesting and hearing things that I, I wasn't really seeing myself at the time. And that kind of got me into Planet. So, yeah. Do you have a like a favorite area or um, encounter or a boss from Dark Souls Two that you like? Kind of think about it, like, oh man, I wish I could go back and play that right now. Uh, I think it was a, a DLC boss, if I remember right. Oh, it's been so long since I played Two. Now I feel bad. I can't think of them specifically. That's okay. Did you engage online yeah, at all? Like, were you playing? Were you doing any kind of PvP or summoning? Uh, I've always kind of stayed away from Souls PvP. To be honest, it, it never really felt right. Um, I know, like people get really good at uh, you know, kind of gaming the mechanics and understanding the lag and stuff. But that lag always felt bad to me. Did you ever have good experiences with it? Because I yeah, I um. Well, I mean, like, good is <laughs> a very subjective term, I think. Because, yeah, right. Uh, like Souls PvP and, and 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 is has always been a little weird and and kind of bad. Like, it's just you know, you, you as you mentioned, like you just kind of live, you kind of learn to work around it. Like when you yeah. figure out how to parry somebody online, and it's like, oh, you have to be psychic. Like you have to know that they're going to like right. before they press the button, I have to have hit the parry button for that for all of that to work out and. um I think once you get it and it's fun and you know, I I spent a whole lot of time doing PVP and Dark Souls one and two. Uh, Did you? Okay. Yeah, I, I mean probably like ten to fifteen PVP builds and like probably five hundred hours or something that was ridiculous. Like I just I I would do that for for you know entire evenings sometimes. Um, right. Yeah, it's but it's I can definitely see how you would like do it once and be like I never want to do this again. This is terrible. Well, I I won't say I never did it because I I definitely spent some time in uh, whatever the first belfry is you come across into. Um, I think it's Luna. 
Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you get, I think, it, some type of Titanite for uh, killing people in that if you're in the the Covenant, right? Yeah, I think you can get chunks and, and large shards, so it's a, it's you know yeah. probably worthwhile to spend some time in there. And I think you get other rewards, too. It's been so long since I've actually engaged. Yeah, it's the, hard to remember some yeah. of the stuff. But, yeah, I definitely spent, like, probably a you know half a day or something just killing people in there for fun uh so i mean i had a good time with it when i did it but it always just felt like a little bit off to me i don't know coming from uh you know local multiplayer when i was a kid where everything's not there's no lag or anything yeah that makes me sound old as crap no, not at all, man. Not at all. <laughs> We've all been there. Like I said, Dark Souls networking has never been super great. It's just been kind of interesting at best. Yeah. It it was a good time, though, playing the PvP stuff. I think I enjoyed um, invading and stuff like that a lot. A little bit more than, like, you know, PvP arenas or anything. Yeah, it was just same. fun having people come into your world and you're like trying to run or hide if you're me usually but yeah it kind of up the uh, the stakes when that would happen so you finished uh dark souls 2 and you were like i, I got to go back to the dark souls 1 and see how see how i can do were, were you able to take the skills from dark souls 2 and apply those to dark souls 1 and and quote unquote get good <laughs> yeah absolutely um I, I really think, you know, two is kind of the one that got me into it. And there was, that, like I said, that tipping point for me where, like, uh, I really didn't think I could do it. And then, like, it just shifted and you know, I figured it out. And I think with most of the Souls games, they're all kind of together in that you, once you get it, you get it. You start, you know, just trying to be careful always. Mm-hmm you never know what's going to happen. So that's just luring stuff out every chance you get. Uh, yeah, that stuff definitely transferred over to dark souls one. Uh, so when I got into that one, it was after I beat two. Of course I like PC most of the time when I play stuff on and I got, uh, I got the prepare to die edition and, you know, went and got all the, extra mods and stuff you could do, make it look real pretty on PC. And I dove back into that one, and it wasn't nearly as much of a problem as it was that first time I tried to play it back on 360. You clicked with it a lot more. Yeah. I I just kind of carried those skills from 2 over into to 1. But, it you know, it was really fun to... Uh, play through that game, even though I knew a lot about it already, because I listened to uh, Bonfire Side Chat, so I, I already knew most of what was in that game. Um, but to get to play through that and experience it, you know, for myself was really, really awesome. And uh, I got a uh, Balder Side Sword <laughs> like within five minutes, just to make Cole mad. Just so. to, yes, yeah. Cole is already. He doesn't know why, but he just looked up and went shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that game's really easy when you get a Baldur's side sword. I'm not gonna lie. 
if you make a dex build yeah yeah i like i like that sort a lot um i think it's i, I don't like it's a little bit overrated to me just because of the i think the rarity uh, it makes it kind of a, a mythical object in a lot of people's eyes like if i'm going dex I, I'm, I'm usually going like great scythe because i just love that weapon so much but um yeah or because i'm i hate myself and i'm a glutton for punishment i'll do like dual claws right like i do dumb stuff oh man i've never even tried those <laughs> they're they're not good they, they didn't really figure out fist <laughs> weapons until uh probably dark souls 2 when they started doing like power stancing stuff and then yeah. I've never, I haven't done a fist run on, on Dark Souls three, but I, I, none of the weapons that I, like none of the fist weapons I, I saw were were interesting. So, mm. I think one gives you a giant uppercut, and that was pretty cool. But that's yeah, they're not, they're not <laughs> good. And essentially, they're not fun. Don't, don't do that. Everybody. Yeah, there, there tends to be a lot of weapons that are just, they're there for mm-hmm. somebody yeah. who thinks they're cool, and that's not and to say not that necessarily they aren't, like, bad. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like, uh, I don't know. I think a lot of it seems like uh, maybe it's just an experiment into like a, a just a different move set or something fun that they could, you know, FromSoft could make. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it was probably after I read a guide when I got into one again. I think initially I was just going with a like a bastard sword or something like that. Yeah. Strength build. I'm I'm curious. I always like to ask people this when they've um, when they know about a game or, or or anything that they're you know playing or watching or consuming or whatever. Does does knowing the story beats and kind of knowing, if not the secrets, then kind of like the general outline of the of the game as you play through it make it for a better experience for you? Or do you feel like oh man, I wish I hadn't I hadn't spo- I wish this was a surprise when I got to it. Um, that's a good question. I can't think of any example where that really ruined anything for me actually i may be in the minority i don't i'm not really sure but uh yeah it's never really ruined anything not knowing or you know already knowing what was going to happen um i still enjoyed dark souls one all the same even though i knew beat for beat what was going to go down uh i was just excited to see you know, have the Sif fight and all the stuff that uh, I'd heard on Bumpers of the Chat. Uh, so no, I'd say it didn't really ruin that for me. Were there any times that me. you got hung up in the game? Did you have any stumbling blocks? Um, hmm. I mean, there were many stumbling blocks in uh, 2, for sure. Um, and one, I I think I was, like I said, after beating two, I, I kind of had my experience at that point to know, you know, every boss that you fight is going to be, it's just a learning experience. You know that you can eventually get over it, but you may have to die ten times to get to that point. Um, I, I do remember one specific thing, if we went back a little bit, and uh, talking to two was the uh, the big knights in uh, shoot what's right after in Dark Souls 2 where you go out it's one of the first three or four areas and there's just water everywhere um, heights. and you're walking <clears throat> excuse me yeah. heights yeah. yeah figuring out those knights 
um, was oh the big boys yeah 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 that was something different because I hadn't been playing like that until I got to those and fight just dying to them like 20 30 times and finally realizing like oh I can just run around here in a circle and this works <laughs> like <laughs> just strafe around them they can't turn as fast as I can walk around them the grand soul and strategy just, of getting behind it and stabbing it in the yeah back. exactly I figured it out that day on that area <laughs> did you uh did you also play Dark Souls 3 or Bloodborne like where did you go next um, I think after I got, I got through Dark Souls 1, and uh, I played the DLC 2, and that was all, I mean, Manus is just, I don't know, he's still notoriously hard, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, because that, that one was really tough on me, but I did get through it. Um, after that, I heard about Dark Souls 3, um, I can't remember where, at this point, everywhere, but, uh, I decided that I was going to go go back and play, uh, Demon Souls before Dark Souls 3 came out. And so I had got a PS3 from somewhere at that point, and... I downloaded uh, Demon Souls and played through that, and that was that was really awesome. I liked that game a lot. I had never uh, played that one. That was the one that I initially really, that was the first one I wanted to get on board with. How was it uh, kind of going backwards in time? Because uh, Dark Souls Two has a lot of quality of life and you know improvements over Demons and Dark One and. Going back to yeah. demons, I know I, I had a lot of difficulty of like this is a, just a little bit more janky than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, it was tough, but um, going back to an old game like that, it was like I'm gonna give myself the benefit of you know looking looking stuff up, seeing what some good builds are, uh, things to go for, so I'm not just you know fumbling, fumbling around in the dark for equipment and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, the game was definitely tough. Um, I don't remember a lot about Demon Souls, so I just played it through one time just to say I did it. <laughs> uh, but I had, uh, definitely trouble with like, uh, it's like a giant spider boss or something. Oh yeah. Armored spider in the, um, down the lines. Yeah. I, I couldn't. Mm figure out how to beat him for the life of me. I just had to keep slamming my head up against that like, you know, 10 or 15 times. Uh, that was one where, you know, you, you do things over and over again to learn the boss, but I, I couldn't like learn anything from him. I don't know if there was a trick to it, but I just couldn't figure out like how to beat him correctly. I don't know. When that happens, but, uh, like, what 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 is your kind of go to response when you start having difficulty with the boss? Do you do you go on online and look up tutorials, or do you kind of bash your head against it? Do you try to summon a bud? What what do you do? Um, no, I've got this thing where I definitely want to beat a boss by myself. Again, just for the 
to say I did it thing, I guess. I don't know. But I find it fun to know that I can beat the whole game solo. Uh, but I usually just keep going at it. Um, I may, you know, try some different gear or weapons, um, maybe respec if I'm having that much trouble. But yeah, that's what I usually do. I, I tend to not summon anybody unless it's uh, you know on purpose for friends that you're talking to. Do you? I mean, like, just under, like uh, beating the boss by itself is kind of a by, by yourself is kind of a feat. Do you, when you're playing with friends or anything, like, do you try to get yourself summoned for bosses to kind of practice on it? Because I know I do that. Like, I like to, like, if I encounter a new boss, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my summon sign down so I can kind of learn it and while helping <laughs> people, and then come back to my world to be like, okay, now I can beat you without dying a thousand times. That would be smart, wouldn't it? That's probably something I should have done. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Uh, Go back and replay. It's, it's time for a run. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Uh, I did that a lot on Dark Souls too, uh, but yeah, and any of the other ones, I didn't really do that. How long do you think it took you? Like, what what is the time period that we're talking about from when you first got into Dark Souls two to, to going through Dark Souls one and then now Demon Souls? Oh man. Um, well, you know, you just love to make me feel old, don't you? Uh, it's probably like, I promise you can't feel older than I do. I promise. So don't worry about it. (laughs) Uh, we may be on the same page. Um, I played two pretty much right when it first came out and that was, got through that one. Um, and once I beat that one, I was kind of playing it alongside this small group of friends I have. And they all, they weren't really into Souls, but I guess I just excited them so much by constantly talking about it. They all kind of played along with me, and they, they had a great time, too. Um, it probably wasn't more than a matter of months after beating that first, or uh, Dark Souls 2, that I went back in the Dark Souls 1. And that one did take me some time to get through. And then I think after uh, I did beat one, that was there was a kind of gap in time there that I I wasn't really playing much until I heard about. Uh, oh, we're forgetting Bloodborne in this mix, aren't we? <laughs> I figured <laughs> we'd get to it Dark eventually. Three, I, was, right? I was just kind of curious how long it was like over what time period you were you were playing all of these. Yeah, uh, the time period is kind of hard to remember at this point. It all starts to kind of go together. Sure, yeah. I, I've also killed a bunch of brain cells in my time, so I, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did. I beat Demon Souls. Uh, it was really hard. That game is incredibly hard. Uh, but I remember being psyched about uh, that level that I didn't even know about because I, at the time, when Demon Souls first came out, I, I really didn't know a whole lot about the game. That one kind of flew off my radar. Uh, but to find out it had, you know, this Cthulhu level randomly, and just, that was awesome. Yeah, Olive Latria is so, so cool yeah. and awesome. Yeah. That, that was probably my favorite level in the game, seeing that. Uh, but then they topped themselves off with the Cthulhu game 
the best one out there, probably forever. Yeah, I don't know that you'll get better, much better than Bloodborne. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Bloodborne is is it's one of the greatest of all time. <clears throat> it really is. Uh, did you buy PS4 specifically for Bloodborne? Um, I won't say specifically, but it was definitely one of the main reasons for sure. Uh, I definitely wanted to own that game, and it was well worth it. <laughs> the four hundred fifty dollars video game. Mm-hmm. So, what was it like approaching? Uh, Bloodborne with its kind of different combat system and like the more aggressive style of play and obviously the completely different change in in tone and environment. Yeah. I had a hard time with it. I really started to feel it again. Like the first time I played uh, Dark Souls 1 and bounced off it, I did. I was absolutely against the fact that you cannot turtle up with a shield. Like for the longest time that bugged me to no end. Because I'm, that's how I played Dark Souls. Usually, was creeping around the corners, you know, shield up all the time, just being careful as possible. In this game, you can be careful, but you know, you've got to be on the offensive if you want to stay alive. And so that that took a long time to get used to. And I guess you know, Bloodborne was the first one that I had kind of got down the mechanic in the previous games, but not had to use them but uh parrying with your uh your gun was i mean if you want to you know really destroy stuff you got to kind of figure out the mechanic in bloodborne and that was the one that forced me to do that but i really had a rough time with it because it always felt like some of those those windows are so small for that that you've really got to be you know hair trigger to get them and I always felt like, um, I don't know, maybe I didn't fight certain enemies enough, but the window for uh, getting that parry on enemies in Bloodborne, ver- it felt to me like it varied so differently between all the different monsters that I never felt like I knew it for sure, you know? Yeah, it's, um, I like I, I've got some of them down, like the brick trolls and the sentry garnum. I can pretty easily parry. Uh, I've never learned how yeah. to parry werewolves, like at all. Like I don't, I have no yeah. idea how. Um, I always just you know get behind it and stab it in the butt. Um, but like there's right. just certain enemies that I had a hard time at parrying, and uh, and there's some, some that I just it just clicked with, and yeah, it's it's a weird. I system. guess that's stuff I would just look up then, because like there's there's stuff I'd definitely be curious. Can you parry like a winter lantern or something? I have no idea. Yeah, that, that that's always sounded nuts to me. Like, I don't know why you're hanging out with a Winter Lantern at all. Like, why are you there enough long enough to parry something? Just run, just get away. You don't even want to look at that thing. So, no, not at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember having a hell of a time with the Bloodstar Beast. That was, uh, <laughs> I think I died, you know, at least fifteen times on that one. Uh, had a really rough time with him. And then you beat that him, whole... and, and it's a dead end. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Wait, at the time, I don't know. But uh, that whole game felt indifferent to me. Like, um, it just felt more dangerous. Like, I played Dark Souls, and, you know, getting past certain areas, 
there's that point where you start to feel comfortable, like, uh, you know, these are humanoid-type enemies. They're going to have some new attacks, but you'll you'll figure it out. You could be a little bit reckless, but, um, yeah, when I first played Bloodborne, it was like even after killing, you know, four or five bosses, everywhere you go just felt like I'd just be trounced in a second. Like, I didn't understand anything, and maybe it was that, you know, Lovecraft inspired world that made it seem so mysterious like that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, finding, uh, what's that crazy beast in, uh, snake forest. I can't think of the name. The name? Uh, the forbidden woods. <laughs> yeah. Forbidden woods. Snake forest is probably the way more accurate. <laughs> snake ball. All right. <laughs> but yeah, there's like a, someone you can talk to and they transform into a monster or something out there. I can't remember the, I'm trying to think there's, you know what I'm talking about at the end of the forbidden forest is the, uh, shadows that like the three. Um, yeah. Shadows of Yarnum. Yeah. Shadows of Yarnum. And, uh, there's the, are you talking about the little alien dudes? Maybe. Oh, there was some, like it was in like a windmill or some, Oh, like decrepit building. Yeah, and he, yeah, yeah, he talks to you, and the NPC like that. Cool... Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the it's not patches, but it's the NPC that like if you invite him back to the Urden Chapel, he'll he'll start eating everybody there without you knowing. Oh, is he the patches for Bloodborne? Well, I mean, patches is is in Bloodborne. He patches a spider. Yeah, he's, that's he, right. Yeah, that's he's right. the law track of Bloodborne. I guess would probably be more accurate. Yeah, that's true. Or the uh, but yeah, or... I clearly could tell that. <laughs> he killed those people or whatever it was that situation when you walk up to him and he transformed in that beast and just owned me. I still don't know how to fight that thing. Like I never figured that one out. It's a, it's an extremely tough fight. Uh, like, especially if you, if you aggro him on the rooftop, uh, then you are very much in danger of just, you know, just dashing off of the rooftop and you don't have a lot of room to maneuver. If you uh, right. if you wait till you get to get him in the chapel, uh, you just have to kind of make sure that all of the other enemies where he hangs out are, are cleared out, and then you have a little bit more room. But yeah, he's he's tough, and he shows up a lot in the chalice dungeons too. Like the not the NPC, but like the the beast form of that dude shows up. Does he? Okay. Yeah, he very much felt like a uh, like you run into this thing, and you're like, man, you need your own boss arena. Like, what the hell's going on here? It's like not just some regular monster. Uh, but yeah, I, I played through the rest of Bloodborne there and had a hell of a time with it. You know, listening to Bonfireside chat alongside of them, so that was fun too. Um, but man, that DLC, that was rough. Uh, <laughs> had a real hard time with that. Uh, Lady Maria. Oh right? yeah. 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 That fight was... Uh, that one felt fair. I had a lot of fun with that fight, but uh, what's the last boss of that one? Orphan of Cause. Uh, fuck that guy. <laughs> I don't understand how anyone is supposed to figure out how to beat that guy. That's one of my, uh, like, I'm a real huge fan of the kind of one-on-one duels and Bloodborne. And yeah, um, I think across all of the games, like the Artorias fight, notably is one of those like kind of he's slightly bigger than you, but you know it's a it's a it's a it's one dude versus the other essentially. And uh, right, right. Orphan of Cause is is one of those that's just so amped up, and he's yelling and screaming at you the whole time. The music is swelling. the The whole thing is just it's just overwhelming you, and he's he's got. 
you know, that second phase where he gets even more aggro is, is insane. And I, I just love it so much. Like it's, it's to me, that's one of the best fights across the series, if not the best fight. Really? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It, it did seem like this just top tier. Like this is it. Like you've played this entire game. He's walking out of the water here. So, or no, he's laying on the beach, right? I forget. But, um, um, yeah, he's, he's, his, his dead mom, it's the, the weird cosmic creature is like <laughs> d- d- dead and he's just like hanging out. <laughs> and you, when you come up and of course, you know, the way that that story is structured is this is the beginning of everything that happened in the DLC and like he, you're, you're coming to commit that original sin. So he immediately attacks you. Okay. Yeah. That, that's something I still need to watch some thought of it videos about because i i still don't completely understand the bloodborne story i kind of got it down on dark souls but uh you never never fully understood what was going on in that one yeah there's um especially with the dlc there, there's a lot of interesting stuff uh, i think a lot of people go to uh there's a guy named redgrave that wrote like a 80 page essay i guess <laughs> i don't know what you call it, something that's oh 80 pages God. long on a, on a video game that we'll go through and kind of explain it and there's some stuff like there's obviously because it's the souls community there's some disagreements on you know the accuracy of that but I, f- I feel like that's the one that's held up as like yeah if you want to know the story and kind of the ins and outs that that's the place to go and then obviously like you know jsf's videos and stuff like that is a is a good starting point too right yeah i'll have to watch some of that stuff because bloodborne was definitely that's one of my favorite. I still play it from time to time. Just, I don't know. It's mechanics are as finely tuned as it gets in that series. It felt like to me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's some of the most enjoyable to straight up play. Like, uh, I, I really like the, yeah. the kind of faster police combat, which is weird because, uh, dark souls one, I spent so much time on and that's such, so much of a slower place to game. Like, uh, you know, you, yeah. just, it's, it's, you really feel that when you go back to it, like yeah, just this yeah. slow lumbering. Yeah. Yeah, going back to the remaster when the remaster came out for PS4, I was like, "Oh, I haven't played this in a little <laughs> while, and this is something else." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely bought that PS4 remaster. I've been playing it, having a good time, but uh, yeah, it definitely feels a lot slower. But hey, it's cool. You can hang out on a console, and uh, <laughs> what's the uh, the low FPS area. I always forget the name. Blight Town. Yeah, Blight Town. That runs on sixty, right? I think they finally got it done. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. I didn't. When I was down there, I didn't see any slowdowns at all, which was really impressive. Um, I, yeah, I like it pretty much all the stuff that they did in that remaster. Like, it's just I just really wanted to be able to play it on PS4, and I, and I got my wish. <laughs> like, I got now if yeah. they just do a Demon Souls remaster, then I can have all of the Souls games oh, on the console. I know, right? I remember seeing stuff on the uh, Dark Souls remastered and you know i was i was stoked because i'm always looking for an excuse to play through dark souls and just already within before the game's even out seeing all these like minuscule complaints about pvp and i'm like oh my goodness is this really bad or does it not matter at all i where did (laughs) did you ever read into any of that stuff yeah oh yeah oh yeah i was i was kind of into it um they wait chain chain backstabs like people are mad because they were back is that right yeah remaster <laughs> or mad that they didn't remove oh, them but they they also they it was just weird like they left um it was weird what they took out and left in when you when it came to like pvp 
glitches or or whatever you want to call them or you know um, skills or, or what have you like they left chain backstabs in which is probably one of the, arguably the worst part of dark souls one pvp and then uh but they <laughs> they removed like stuff like move swapping and you know move swapping was the people would um i can't quite remember how the, the so I'm, I'm probably going to get this wrong and people are going to yell at me on Twitter, but uh, uh, throughout through some sort of weird, like, you know, roll and also change your weapon, you could basically give one weapon, another weapons move set. Um, so like, you know, all of a oh, sudden weird. you're holding a, um, you're holding Smo's hammer, but it's acting like a rapier. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, so they fixed stuff like that, but they, that. yeah, like they, they did some weird stuff and it really made PVP people mad. I think the, uh, the weirdest thing that they did it was um, implement kind of like a weapon level system for matchmaking, which uh, is totally ignored if you're just summoning friends because you can use the password system that they added in, which is good. But if you're doing like pure invades, like you had to kind of be careful not to get up to a certain class of weapon or it would lock you out of summons and there was no way to undo it. Like even if you got rid of your plus 10 weapon, like it wouldn't drop you down into the pool. So you're just stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And I think like, with that game with like the, the amount of times people have played it, like you're not going to be invading newbies in dark souls for PS4. Like that's just, is very yeah, rarely going to happen. Not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like eventually it'll all even out and it'll be fine. But yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So people were, there were, there were a lot of like really minor complaints about stuff that kind of doesn't matter <laughs> at all. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt about it. Like I said, I didn't really engage a whole lot with the PVP anyway. So none of that stuff that I saw really bugged me. But uh, it is a good remaster, though. It's a lot of fun to play through again. What's your when you when you replay these games? Are you specifically going for like different builds and things? Are you looking up online like fun builds to play? Or are you just kind of going through and like I want to do the big sword and I'm going to kill the thing? Um, I really wish I could give you like a fun answer, but I. I'd be lying if I said anything other than I went straight back to the Baldur's Side Sword and farmed it again and got it. Played it well, it dropped, exactly so the now this is a Dex playthrough. <laughs> yep, pretty much. It's like, I love this sword, so even if it is overrated, I still have a lot of fun playing with it. I mean that was that's just my opinion. Like I don't want people. I don't want to like say like that. It's objectively overrated or anything. It's just you know, it's not as good as the Great Scythe. I think everybody will agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your experience with uh, Dark Souls Three. Uh, three, uh, not so good. I don't know. I I got really excited about it, and uh, yeah, I I got it first. It came out and started playing through it. I. I had a lot of fun with it as I was going through it and it was just, it just got worse as it went on for me. I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun with, uh, you know, some of the bosses like, uh, the dancer, um, some, you know, lots of the designs were really cool going into, uh, what's the, uh, snowy zone. Irithyll. Irithel. Okay, yeah. Seeing that that skybox when you walk out there was like this is insane. It's like so amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it kind of just as as time went on, I, I couldn't. It wasn't didn't have its hooks in me like it did the other ones. I just felt like I was trudging through it more than the previous ones. It, that might be more of a like time and place thing for me. I I don't know. 
just less free time. You know, that, that all adds up when you're playing games like that. Yeah, I, I definitely um, experienced some Dark Souls 3 fatigue, especially once the DLC started coming out. And, and I think I probably put a little undue pressure on myself to get it done for a podcast that I was on at the time and like trying to do st- trying to make videos and trying to get like real into PvP and things like that. And it just by the end, I was just so completely burnt out. I've I have barely <laughs> gone back. <laughs> like I just kind of just I play I yeah. played Bloodborne more since yeah. Dark Souls 3 came out after I finished Dark Souls 3. So that's yeah, that's probably the same for me. I I did push myself through uh, the first DLC for Dark Souls 3, and that was, uh, I don't know, I when I see something in Dark Souls, I want to go up to it and learn it. Be like, I, I can fight this thing. You know, I've died, but I think I can figure it out. And just that first part where you dump into that field of wolves and just getting overwhelmed... Uh, eventually taking them all out and uh, I think right there that giant one shows up right at the end of that field is that right? Yeah that sounds right mm-hmm. yeah and I it was there so I wanted to beat it but I tried so many times <laughs> it's like this I, I, I was confused because I was like I know Dark Souls doesn't do at least I couldn't remember an instance where they did like an unbeatable boss situation and you're meant to die or you're meant to run away. I always played these games like, if it's there, you can beat it. Like, you just have to learn it. And I could not kill that wolf. Um, so ended up running away from him and I guess playing as intended. I'm never really sure. Uh, but, yeah, I got through that DLC. And at the end of that one, I definitely was getting tired of the... Uh, like the callbacks and stuff to uh, Ariamis and all that stuff was kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it just wasn't. It didn't click for you. Yeah, not anymore. And I uh, I beat that one. It, it was definitely one of the harder things I've played in Souls. And I I tried the second DLC, but when I got to that part where you're like, it's another one of those like running behind cover. Yeah, the, and this the angel thing in the sky is just blasting you. And I was like, I don't, I'm not having fun anymore. Like this is not <laughs> that. That was my dropping off point. I I have beat everything Souls except for that last DLC. I just couldn't do it. So, as someone who's who's played through all of these games, uh, what what are you looking for from software like to 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 make next? Uh, you know, next month we have Derecine, which is a weird, quirky VR game that I'm pretty excited about. And then, of course, you know, in March of next year we have Sekiro, which is kind of a return to their stealth slash action games um, that they were they were making with like Tenchu back in the PS1, PS2 days, PS2, PS. I think just PS1. I don't know. Someone will correct me on that too. <laughs> um, but what do you what do you want to see? And like personally, like if you if you could if you could convince um, them to make any game, like what would it be? Man, I think they're they're definitely on the right trail with uh, Sekiro, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that really looks good. Uh, I'm excited to find out like how you know that jumping mechanic when we actually play the game. If it's you know how well it really feels. I know they kind of were going positive on the uh, you know like oh you can jump now. It's a FromSoft game. 
you can actually jump around in combat and you know they it seemed like they made a big point on like those was it like a grappling hook or something like that mm-hmm. but i'm kind of interested if that's like you can use that grappling hook you know in a lot of places or if it's just like predetermined points that you can grapple onto you know what i mean yeah, looking at the early gameplay footage that they put out, it's definitely like you get an icon on your on the screen, and like you can hit a button and it'll like grapple you up to that. Whether or not okay. that's and whether I don't really I haven't seen anybody like go into an aiming mode and like just grapple anywhere, but it seems like they've got specific grappable surfaces that they're putting in to let you traverse through a level, um, sneakily okay. or otherwise. And it, from just right, and if they yeah design that well that'll work great so yeah and i I think from has been really good in the past with designing vertical levels and i'm real excited like to have that kind of mechanic built into it to see what they can do like i'm hoping the boss fights get real fucking weird because they've they've shown like one dude throwing you off of the boss arena and i'd really like it (laughs) if you could just grapple right back onto that dude and just you know mess him up so yeah that would be awesome Uh, I'm, i'm definitely excited for that one uh but yeah in terms of i don't know what i would want them to make I'm not really uh I I kind of just want them to uh do what they're doing right now. Like they're you know they decided they're going for this uh you know uh I guess samurai-ish game and just making their own decisions whereas yeah, I I felt like uh Dark Souls kind of it just went on a little bit longer than it needed to for me personally. Um, I, I'm not going to say something I want from them. I, I just want to see them like, you know, get creative and make what they want to make, what they've got ideas about. Cause I'm sure it'll be great. Well, I think that's going to wrap this podcast up. Scott, thank you very much for waking up early on a Saturday and, and podcasting with me. I very much appreciate it. This has been a delight. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jeremy. Where can people find you on the internet should they want to do so? <laughs> I've got nothing. You really don't have to worry about it. Uh, <laughs> You're the second person in a row that's been like, I'm not anywhere on the internet. <laughs> I just <laughs> I, Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I've, I've kind of wanted to uh, make uh, drum cover videos, um, post those on YouTube, but... I don't really have the setup right now and I kind of need to sound for a room or my neighbors will hate me. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. And if that changes, if you, you know, decide to throw up some videos or something, just let me know and I'll add all that stuff to the show notes later. Okay. Sure. And thank you again for guesting. I really appreciate it. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That has links to all of the previous episodes that you might want to listen to, as well as various ways to support the show, including leaving a review, buying a t-shirt, or uh, checking out the Patreon for Don't Give Up Skeleton. If you've done any of those things, thank you so much. And if you're just out there listening, thank you very much for that. We'll be back next week with another great guest. And until then, remember, don't give up skeleton. Skeleton.